Episode number 173 of the Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Ninefold. So I am I'm planning on doing a Ninefold focused episode coming up because after reading um, uh, these advertisements on a couple of previous episodes, I decided to launch a uh, an app on Ninefold myself. I did that last week. I had a really good experience. I really I feel like I learned a lot. I'm used to using Heroku. I use Ninefold. And I'm planning on doing an episode about that uh, transition and the, the similarities and differences. So uh, look forward to that. But for now, let me tell you a bit about them from the, uh, the ad. Ninefold's a high-performance platform for deploying and hosting Ruby on Rails applications. Ninefold now offers a free tier. And here's how it works. $50 is waived every month from your invoice for all apps deployed. This gives each customer a 1.5 gigabyte server in the U.S. region for free. The platform is built on Ninefold's own infrastructure with servers in the U.S. and Asia-Pacific. Ninefold owns the entire stack from the hardware up. They provide measurably better performance compared to the competition and more economical scaling. Ninefold makes it easy to deploy your Rails app straight from your Git repository. You can either uh, use the online wizard or a command line interface. Uh, some of the great features they offer out of the box include great customer support, zero downtime deployment, SSL, Redis, Memcache, load balancers, and firewalls. You can visit ninefold.com to learn more and to deploy your Rails app today. As I said, I'm using them for one project now and uh, have enjoyed the experience quite a bit. So I'd recommend you give it a shot. That $50 a month will get you a free box to use and uh, you can go from there. Thanks to Ninefold for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Okay, so uh, I'm going to follow up the uh, the solo episode that I did uh, back for episode number 170 about my solo hackathon experience uh, with another one, and this one's all about the uh, the Rails Rumble. And I figured that the uh, the solo episode seemed to be pretty well received about my hackathon, so why not do one about uh, the Rails Rumble, which I've been covering for a couple months now. So I, you know, going through the hackathon the Salesforce hackathon out in San Francisco made me really uh, appreciate uh, when someone takes the time to take a look at your app and really consider what you decided to do, uh, uh, how good the design is, how uh, innovative the the concept is, etc. Because I think so many hackathon entries have so much sort of effort and love poured into them and then um, really don't get much attention afterwards. So, um, the way that I'm going to express that thought is to spend a bunch of time judging and then thinking about what I saw uh, in the Rails Rumble entries. So a quick disclaimer on this. Uh, I'll talk about specific entries uh, from the Rails Rumble in this podcast. I'm going to stick to everything positive. So in other words, maybe for some projects, I'll say things more positive than others. Perhaps I'll slip in and in, in sound like I'm criticizing an entry now and then. But to be clear, I think entering the, the Rails Rumble is, is uh, all upside for anyone that, that went to the trouble. So you know, even if what you produced isn't what you wanted it to be or isn't something that I would vote as number one, uh, it's a great thing to do, and uh, anyone that finished should be proud of what they did. So, you know, please, no one take uh, any offense to my comments about their project, whether they're just not as positive as you wished or or you find that they're negative in some way. Uh, the entire body of comments, I think, should be seen as positive. So anyhow, a little bit about the uh, the entries. So I, if you go to railsrumble.com, you can see what I'm talking about. Um, all of the entries are available to the public. Um, public does not the public does not vote i did not vote um for the rails rumble winners i think that i will put up a blog post on railsrumble.com about who i would have selected if i was the only judge uh and it'll share some of the content from this episode but if you go to railsrumble.com you can see all of the entries now nick said last week on the episode about hey swell and about the rails rumble that about 500 teams had registered. Now, by my count on the actual completed entries, it looks like there are somewhere around 166 completed entries to the Rails Rumble. And that makes sense to me. I think that there would be some fallout from registration to to the actual weekend. You know, maybe some people registered uh, individually for teams and then joined others. I think many people probably like the idea of a hackathon more than they like the, uh, the, the actual reality of spending 48 hours locked in a room programming and designing. 
But uh, but anyhow, uh, according to my count, there are about 160 something entries, and of those, uh, I'm going to say a solid 160 are finished. You know, there are a handful maybe that weren't completely finished. So so here's what I did. I uh, I went through the entries and I decided I just didn't have time to look at the app for all 160. And, you know, part of me felt uncomfortable about this because it, it felt like, uh, it felt like they all deserved that attention. But what I decided is that part of, uh, a hackathon is that initial pitch on the entry screen for the Rails Rumble. There's a little screenshot, there's the name of your app, there's the name of your team, and then there's maybe a, a tweet length, maybe slightly longer than a tweet length description of the app. And I decided that, you know, just like we talked about on that, uh, episode number 170 about entering hackathons. Part of entering hackathons is the pitch. I don't think it should be all, and and we'll talk quite a bit about that, I think, uh, in this episode, but, but at least some portion of your focus has to be on the, the actual entry, the, or the, the actual pitch of the entry on the, the entry screen. So, you know, in the end, I didn't think that it was unfair to select from the 160 some more limited sample that I would go into more detail about. Um, here's how I did it. So I walked through all 160 on the entry screen, um, and uh, and for each of them, uh, thought about three co- uh, ideas. First, um, did I like the concept? So in other words, uh, before the app had been created, how would have I felt about what they were trying to do? Did I think it was interesting, innovative? Is there a hook in some sort of way that captures my attention? It doesn't mean that it'd have to be something that I would use or that I'm the demographic for, but is there a, is there some X factor on the concept that caught my attention? So that was criteria one. Uh, criteria two is the challenge. Um, is there something about pulling this project off either in scope or uh, in the depth of a particular feature or set of features that is is difficult. Um, I think if the entire thing is difficult, then the likelihood of completing it's wrong. So it wasn't it wasn't a um, trying to figure out if this was an impossible project, but it was a degree of difficulty on something. And kind of like if I was judging diving, not that I ever have judged diving, but when I listen to it on the Olympics, they talk about degree of difficulty often. And this is sort of the degree of difficulty score. So the first one is like the creativity score. The second one is the the difficulty score. And then lastly is execution. So how well done is whatever um, they were attempting to do. Now, obviously, as the concept is more innovative or creative and the, the, the challenge goes up, the degree of difficulty goes up, the execution gets more difficult. So, And there clearly was some tension between these um, attributes in some of the, uh, the entries, but, um, but nonetheless, that's, that's what I, uh, that's what I did. I thought about those three. Now I actually did write down a, a little one to 10 score for all 160 on each of those three ideas. And execution is a weird one when you're looking at the list because you're sort of guessing on the execution based on the execution of the, of the, um, the entry description itself. I thought that was a bad idea once I had done a bunch of that. And if I could go through the whole thing again, I think that what I would have done is, is just for each of the 160 marked whether, uh, I was interested in taking a deep dive, um, based on sort of the essence of those three ideas, but I would have scrapped the actual uh, numeric scoring for the screen process. And in fact, that's really what I did. So anyhow, so I walked through 160. Now I got to warn you, that's a little tedious. So if you're going to do this yourself, uh, either on this Rails Rumble or on any other hackathon or a future Rails Rumble, give yourself a couple days to do this, which I which I did. So I, while I was watching uh, basketball, I think with my wife, uh, I had my computer uh, up and during uh, advertisements or breaks in the game uh, or or maybe boring parts of the game, I went through and did this. I think that's a pretty good strategy if you're going to do something similar. Anyhow, so I, I took a couple days, I screened the entries, and I'm looking, I, I used a, a little Google Docs spreadsheet. You know, I would share this, I I, I think I probably won't share it because I made some comments and I don't want to uh, offend anyone, but but I I think it's it would be a fine idea to share sort of the way that one goes through and judges. But anyhow, I went through each of them, uh, like I said, there are 160-ish that look like they were complete. 
And in the end, I favorited, and I'm going to count while I'm doing this. So I uh, favorited 28. So in other, in other words, 160, uh, or of the 160, I picked 28 to take a, a closer look at. And I'm trying to think if that's a, a good percentage. That's 17.5% of the entries I took a deep look at. And I, I think that that's, that's probably about fair. You know, taking a deep look at the entry probably took four times or five times the amount of time that screening did. Um, uh, so, you know, it's pretty economical to screen. And I, I actually thought that through the screening process, I could see pretty clearly if an app uh, couldn't possibly win according to my uh, three criteria of creativity, degree of difficulty and execution. So anyhow, I picked 28. Now, I I did not go through and look to see if uh, if of the 28, there was sort of a proportionately representative sample of, of the different types of apps that are submitted. So the solo entries, the group entries, um, um, uh, entries from different categories. But anecdotally, having looked at the 28 and having getting uh, getting a sense for what the, the remainder of the 160 were, I think that I, I probably picked about proportionately. So there were a number of solo apps. There were a number of, uh, of whimsical apps, some businessy apps, some, you know, a little bit of everything. So let me tell you about how I actually made those selections. So like I said, I went through and, and thought about the three criteria I mentioned before, but I found that in some cases for other reasons, I wanted to pick the entries. So and I think this could be seen as unfair, but if the execution of the entry snippet was really poor, so either the screenshot looked particularly uh, off, uh, either because it was, there was an error on the page at the time it was taken, or you know perhaps uh, it, it, they picked the wrong screen or view to show, it just looked wrong somehow. And if the copy either wasn't clear or was a real, a real, uh, mess in some way, right? Either the, it was difficult to read or, uh, you know, some people didn't put a, a huge uh, amount of content into the description. I decided that, that that would disqualify an entry. And, you know, I think that I heard from, uh, Tom Mango, uh, one of, uh, one of the guys that runs the rails rumble. I think, I think the, probably the person most responsible for the rails rumble at this point on Twitter that he thought maybe it was a little unfair to criticize, um, uh, grammatical errors or spelling mistakes in um, an entry description, and I and I agree with that. Hey, I, I understand that the Rails Rumble is a global competition that uh, many people would not have uh, English English as their first language, and that um, uh, some things could be lost in translation. So to be clear, I'm not saying that we should nitpick entries and disqualify based on. Um, any spelling errors or grammatical errors. I'm saying that looking at the entirety of the entry, uh, is there uh, care and attention paid to that description? And if there wasn't, I disqualified. So I think that there were some that maybe had pretty good concepts, but that um, blew it in one way or the other on the, uh, the description itself. I think that there were some others too, where the, uh, the opposite happened, where uh, I couldn't even tell for sure what the concept was from the description. And I, I had no idea if the execution was good, but I took a look just because uh, there was some X factor. Something about the description caught my eye. Um, I'll give an example, and this is one that, that in the end, I don't even know what the app did entirely. But there was an app called Cockify, and it, it has this uh, very, very interesting looking rooster, I think, on uh, uh, on its uh, as its logo. And... I didn't know what the concept was about, but there was something about the art direction of the project that made me want to uh, find out more. I think that there's something to take away from this, which is that um, any project could have that, right? So any project could have that sort of je ne sais quoi of punch, of of mystery. And um, that got me to look at a decent number. So if I ended up, you know, what did I say? 28 projects I favorited. Uh, I would think a handful, maybe five had five or six. I would have looked at just because they had some sort of creative punch, either in the copy or in the art from the website that made me want to learn more. A takeaway for me on that is that in future hackathons that I participate in, 
I'm going to, in addition to sort of checking the boxes on what I think the criteria are, uh, I want to make sure I always try to have that punch because I really liked projects that sprinkled in a little bit of, of hot sauce, you know, that, that, that gave their, the character of the whole effort, something special. And, uh, that, that alone was enough to get me to look at a few, even if I, I wasn't necessarily in love with the concept. Um, besides that, besides the X factor, I think that the ideas that I mentioned before were, were pretty solid as criteria. So degree of difficulty, creativity uh, of the concept, uh, you know, validity of the concept too, and execution. Went through, I picked my 28 and then decided that I'd judge from there. Uh, before I get into the actual deep dive on the judging and what I saw and some of my favorites, let me tell you about our uh, second sponsor. So our second sponsor today is Codeship. Codeship uh, has been a longtime sponsor of the podcast, and I am a, uh, a user of Codeship now on every project that I start. Uh, Codeship is a free continuous delivery service that's really simple to use. They offer 100 builds per month for five pri private projects for free. The whole product also has a big focus on usability. It's super easy to use. You can set up continuous integration in a few easy steps and your software will automatically deploy when all your tests have passed. Codeship has great support for multiple languages and test frameworks. You can easily integrate with GitHub and Bitbucket for code hosting and then deploy to cloud services or your own servers. So for example, it was super easy to uh, integrate Codeship with Ninefold on the project that I mentioned uh, uh, last weekend. Uh, I actually thought that it was kind of innovative how uh, uh, I thought that the, the way that uh, I saw a blog post recommend that integration was quite innovative. I'll cover that in another episode, but nonetheless, they work together well. Um, you can start out with their free plan and setup takes only three minutes. Uh, back to the free plan. It, it, it's quite good. I think they've they've morphed into this model over time, but I like it, which is even if you've got a, a private project that you want to use CodeShip for, um, you can add that project to CodeShip and the first hundred builds uh, are free. Now, that's not going to take you a whole month on an active project where you're committing uh, quite a bit, but it's enough to give you an idea for uh, what CodeShip will do for your development workflow. You can find out more at codeship.io slash 5x5ruby. Uh, if you use the offer code 5x5ruby, you'll get 20% off any plan for three months. I'm a paying customer. I used the 5x5ruby uh, uh, code to get my 20 percent off. So you should too. You can check out their blog at blog.codeship.io uh, blog to get updates. Um, I mentioned, uh, I've mentioned before that I think they do a great job marketing and uh, they're worth following on Twitter too. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see a company go so all out um, to get the word out and uh, be so passionate about what they do. So uh, thanks to Codeship for sponsoring and thanks to them for the good service that I use on my projects. All right, back to the uh, back to the hackathon judging. So I have my twenty eight projects, and uh, I think it'd be monotonous to to go through the actual names of them now. Maybe I will post the ones that I uh, uh, took a closer look at. But here's what I did once I had the twenty eight. I um, took my spreadsheet, sorted just so that they were at the top, and then I decided for each of them I would click in take a uh, look through the app in the way that it looked like the app's creator wanted me to. So the majority of the projects, I would bet of the 28, maybe 20, maybe 20 of them specifically called out a, a preview sort of uh, path for a judge to go through, which I really appreciated. I think that's a no brainer, smart move for someone to do. The way that that works is you know, let's say you go in and it says, hey, if you're a judge, you can use this guest account. And perhaps you, you know, you click that link or that button and then it'll log you in as a as a guest user so that you can sort of fast forward into the experience of the app without registering. Um, I know that it's a bit more work to do that. Um, but if, if you're building uh, an entry for a hackathon or the Rails Rumble, uh, it's worth it to think this through to say, hey, how can I enable someone to log in as another user that has pre-populated content that'll show them what things are like. Um, the, uh, the entry that I ended up picking as my number one, I thought did an outstanding job of this, but again, of the 28, 
around 20 probably tried to do this and then some of them didn't didn't require it so some of them were perfectly fine to use without registering uh, although although most probably did need some sort of user account to be decent so like like I said I I used the workflow that it, it appeared they wanted me to use so if there was a guest account I used that if there were pre-populated experiences I went through them if there weren't I registered um, or attempted to register uh, and uh, use the account um, uh, that I built. And then I went through the, the experience and tried to get a feel for all parts of the apps. Now, some of the apps were quite small, and it was pretty easy to see the entirety of what they, uh, what they did. And others were, were actually quite big, especially for a hackathon. I, I was impressed by the breadth of a few of the apps. And I probably didn't see every screen, but I, I got a feel for what the what the flow was like. Uh, I did not try to break the apps. I, I, this was not a mission to see if I could find the places that were undone. I basically walked the path that they paved. I looked around in the way that felt natural. I used the features that I felt like I would want to use if I was using the app or that they wanted me to use if they made it apparent. And uh, just um, sort of gathered my overall impression of concept challenge and execution. Now, I'd say there was there was there were two things that would disqualify a nap from ever really having a shot of getting into the top ten for me. Uh, they were if if it was broken, and I, you know I wish that I I wish this wasn't true, but a pretty decent number of the apps were eventually broken, where it felt like something on the the path um, that they laid out for me just didn't work. Now some of them didn't work really. At all, I mean, there was they introduced some bug late that was breaking the app, or something happened later in user input that broke it. Um, some of them, uh, I'd say maybe five. I can look here while we're talking. While I'm talking, it looks like one, two, three, four, five or so of the the twenty eight just didn't work for me in a pretty big way, and obviously that's going to disqualify someone. Um, of the remaining twenty three, there were. Um, you know, if an app had a design that just didn't feel thought through enough, and I don't mean that it wasn't pretty. I mean, hey, I'm fine with a solo developer or a, a team that doesn't have an outstanding designer producing something that's nice and simple, that doesn't look super innovative graphically, but, you know, is all right. Um, so I'm not counting those, but I'm saying if it just was sloppy, uh, it, it felt like there were too many untucked corners and, and, and too many things that felt off, uh, I, I really disqualified those from further consideration, which I think I think these are all things to make note of for um, how to approach your own hackathon entry. One is make sure it's, it works and uh, don't take gambles late on introducing things that don't work because they're really not worth it. Um, the second on the design is really figure out what you're capable of and then do the best version of that. If you're not that great at design... Um, basically copy copy standards and and approaches that other people have used that are sort of that, that look right it's just too distracting to use an app that's not designed well and i tried my best to get through it but in the end if, if the app is really designed poorly and just has no visual appeal i really disqualified it from getting into the top 10 for me so those are like the the don't do it on the rest of it you know i just went through the the the, the criteria that I mentioned um, and gave them a score of 1 to 10. Uh, I also made comments, uh, about a one or, or two sentence, say a tweet length comment uh, for myself about what I thought of the app. Uh, these were really helpful for me as a judge because once you've looked at a lot of projects, even you know just the 28 in detail, you start to lose track a little bit of, of what was what. So those comments were helpful to me as I went back. So uh, let me, I think it'd be fun to go through and give some highlights of what I, uh, of what I saw. So um, I, you know, the first one that I think is worth mentioning, I mentioned before, which was uh, that Cockify app. If you, any of these, you can just search on the Rails Rumble site and uh, yeah, you'll see some details. So I use this app. It's a game. Uh, basically, you, you pick whether you want to be the the um, rooster or the hen and then 
that gives you a URL and then someone else joins and you play the game. I had no idea what was going on. So if, if, if this was an, uh, a game where I was supposed to get it, I totally didn't get it. Um, but I was somewhat mesmerized by the design. It is beautiful. And, uh, you know, in the end, it didn't really rank that high for me. It's a number, it looks like it's a number maybe 22 on my list of 28 because I didn't understand it. But it was super interesting and uh, interesting to look at. I think that the visual style, I, 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 don't, I don't know where to place it. Uh, so I don't know how to describe it that well, but, but go to this entry and take a look at what they did. And it's, uh, it looks cool. Um, I wish that I enjoyed the game and I wish that I really understood what was going on. Um, but, uh, and I didn't, but anyhow, it, it made my, uh, top 28 and it got into, I think place number 22 or so here on the list. And, uh, you know, I think was worth it. It was uh, worth taking a look at just for the design, uh, alone. Uh, the next one, uh, and I'm going b uh, from the bottom up here, so from the 28 and, and looking through my comments, and I'll uh, mention sort of the interesting things that I saw. Again, I'm going to keep it positive, so I'm not going to um, say that I just didn't like an app. I mean, in the case of something like Kakafi, I didn't really understand the game, but, uh, but that wasn't the point of my comment. The point is that I think the design is super cool and worth taking a look at if you've got a minute. Um, the next one on my list was Cocktail evolution versus design. Uh, here's the idea of the app. It's a, and it was, it was pretty clear what it did early on. So they have a very cool splash page, which shows, um, Dar a picture of Darwin on the one side. And then like the hand of God from, I forget, forget what uh, painting that is, but, and, and you pick which direction you want to go. And the idea is, and the whole point of this app is that it's going to pick a cocktail for you to, to drink. So on the one side, if you go Darwin you then pick the liquor that you have around like, um, you know, red wine or brandy or rum or whatever it is. And then it, um, sort of finds an evol a drink that evolved from that, that uh, basically includes that as an ingredient, but other things too. And that's the, the evolution side of their sort of flow. And the other side, the design is basically you pick specifically what ingredients you have and then it, it, it you design, so to speak, the drink, and then it tells you um, exactly how to mix it up. So uh, the app itself was fine. I mean, I, I thought that, that uh, you know, they had a database of, of drinks. They had some queries to select it. They displayed them in a relatively nice-looking way. Um, it, uh, it, it didn't, you know, I don't think that it was as, it, it didn't hit all of the criteria as much as some other apps did in terms of degree of difficulty um, uh, or execution, I think on the whole thing, but I love the, spl the splash page. I loved the idea that you pick uh, hand of God or Darwin. And then they, they, um, use that sort of gimmick as the entry to the app. I thought it was super fun. It was definitely enough X factor to get me to take a look. And, uh, I'd, I'd recommend you take a look just for that reason alone. I don't know in this case that that's an app that I'd use. I just don't know that it had quite enough utility, but it is something, it is an app that I would reference as, um, as sort of a, a good idea for what kind of X factor you can put in an app to draw people in. And that's really, you know, when I think about why I spent all this time to go through these apps, you know, this is one of the reasons I'm looking for ideas to take forward. I'm looking for concepts or rules of thumb, um, that I can bring into my own apps. Um, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll organize my comments around this and say like, what was the one takeaway for, for this app is definitely that, that initial impression, that entry gimmick without being too gimmicky. I thought they nailed it. I really liked that part. The rest of the app was fine. Um, and again, this rated number 21 on my list. Um, uh, the next one was an app called Numberly, and uh, and this one uh, definitely got on my list too. It's it's sort of a numbers game where they give you a bunch of numbers and you have to re numbers and uh, mathematical symbols and you have to reorder them to get some answer. I like the idea. I thought the execution was pretty good. I thought the URL was pretty good. Um, you know, I think this with a slightly more uh, like tricked out game experience and it may have rated higher for me. Um, but it was good. I think that, I think this one may have been done by a solo dev too. Um, uh, it's uh, number 20 on my list. I thought quite solid. 
um, there, there's an app next called Known Troll, which I loved the idea of. It, it was basically a way for communities to fight back against trolling by sharing blocking accounts on Twitter. I thought it was a great idea. I gave it about as high of a mark on ideas I, I, as I could um, imagine. It just didn't work for me. And I don't know if I got unlucky or if there was a problem with the service or it wasn't finished. It didn't work. I still, or the whole thing didn't work. I still put it as number 19 because I love the idea and I thought the design was was okay. Um, it was too bad it didn't work. But I think this is a, a concept that is solving a real problem that um, there's a lot of attention around. And my takeaway from this is... Hey, if you, if you just look on Twitter every day, you look in your own experience, there are real problems needing real solutions that are technical. This really got that right. Um, I don't think it, it didn't get the execution quite right, but it's a good idea that I'd like to see someone take forward. Um, uh, number 17 for me was an app called Ransom. And uh, I, I liked this app and I didn't expect to. So the idea is... Um, that in exchange for doing something like um, following a Twitter account, tweeting some promotional message, paying a dollar, signing up for a newsletter, you know, taking some action that then you would get some benefit. I think, I think that the benefit that they support now is like a digital download. So, you know, you do this and you get this picture or this PDF or whatever it is, uh, software maybe. But I, I thought that it was pretty good. You know, I thought the idea that you could stick into the workflow of an app some way to exchange a non-monetary action for some sort of digital benefit is solid. I, I, think, um, I think the execution was okay. I think that uh, it was done by a random, uh, by a, not a random developer, a solo developer. I think uh, given that, I would give it very high marks. I think with a team or with him having more time, I think this could go from, you know, number 17 in my list further up. But nonetheless, I'd give it, I would give it uh, pretty high marks. Um, yeah, I, I think actually, yeah, now that I'm looking at this, I think it tied for maybe 14th for me because a number have the same score. Uh, I liked it a lot. This one, this one had a shot of get, getting in my top 10 and for the solo devs is definitely in the top few. I'd recommend people take a look at this. Again, this is solving a real problem that people have. I think it's a sort of novel way. I think some refinement on that could make it even a top few contender uh, in a if this was a different contest. But really good job. I liked it quite a bit. Um, so, you know, just to, just to take a step back for a second. So I think I just talked about, I don't know, maybe four or five apps. We're not even into the top 10 yet, but there are already some great designs, some great concepts um a takeaway that i think you know is is a worthwhile thing to think about on just about every one point being it's really worth your time to take a look at these entries it's uh, you'll you'll learn a lot and uh and also sort of pay pay your respects to their uh, creators which i think is a nice thing to do um all right let's keep going through uh through the rest uh Oh, so Castbacker, uh, this is the app from uh, Kelly Shaver. She came on. She was the winner of the solo entry last year. Um, this is her entry with um, her podcasting partner. I forget his last name, Jonathan, I think is his first name. Anyhow, the, the idea for this app is that uh, you can support podcasts that you like in a, in a continuing way financially. Um, and... I thought that it was a very nice job. I'd give this app about as high of an execution score as any of them. Um, I thought that it was very well done. I, I, I think uh, really end-to-end -end from the video to the description to the, the entirety of the app. The design is quite nice. Um, really, really pretty good. I thought that it was a little safe. I would like... Like in, I think that Castbacker did not win for me, even though it, it obviously did pretty well. It got um, somewhere around number ten for me, but I, I would have. I think this one had a shot of getting into the top five for me if it had some of that hot sauce, some of that sort of special creative juice that some of the others did. Um, that that caused the the sort of creativity score and the degree of difficulty score to go down a little bit for me. I thought the execution on what they did was spot on, and you know I'd be interested in in if there were a couple of risks to take, a couple of 
of additions to add that push the envelope a little bit, what would they have been? And I think those could have sent this uh, project over the edge and into the top five for me, but still quite good and uh, super professional. One of the better done apps of, of all of them. Um, this app, uh, uh, also around this area in my scoring was an app called verify email. And, uh, I think it's in some ways sort of unfair that this place is so high to me, but I just wanted to mention it on the podcast. The idea is that you put in an email uh, address uh, or you hit their web service with an email address and then it tells you whether or not that is a valid email, not just formatting through regex, but it talks to the, it it does the DNS lookup to see if that DNS, the the domain has uh, mail entry. And then I think it, it does whatever that chatter is with the, the uh, email server to see if it could send uh, email to that uh, address. Now I did a little research afterwards and I think that practically speaking um, you're going to receive tons of false positives if you use an approach like this, but I still like the idea. Uh, You know, I think, and I, and I also think this has been done before and that'd be another reason why I wouldn't really rate this in the top 10, but nonetheless, the idea of a well-done service that can verify if an email exists that's not for the purpose of spam, but rather for the purpose of, you know, helping to ensure that the data that's being collected is accurate, I think is a good idea. So I like the idea. I thought the execution was, um, you know, so-so. I think it was by a solo developer and, and uh, you know, I, I think the execution was not the highlight, but I like the idea of it. And this, uh, I put this on my top uh uh, 15 or so because I wanted to take a look later to see if a good version of this already exists. I think that some other versions do exist. I'm not sure how good they are, but nonetheless, uh, another one that's like that is page polar. The idea here is that you pick a page, you, um, give it a CSS selector to check on that page. And then it lets you know when the content within that CSS selector on the page changes. Again, this is another one. I think this idea exists. I'm sure it does. Um, I thought that the, but nonetheless, I think that it, it doesn't exist in quite the perfect way yet. I liked that they were taking a crack at solving that problem. I think they did an okay job. Again, I'd, I'd, I'd say that this one didn't have uh, high enough execution on the design um, and the overall user experience to rank high enough for me. Um, but I, I thought that it was solving a clear problem and I think they did a pretty, pretty good job of it. I also liked that this service worked in that it wasn't just a, um, it wasn't just the web app, but you could sign up for the notifications. I actually did this. I waited the next morning. I did get the notifications. They worked just as they said they would. Um, so again, execution, I think of the, the base concept was, was solid. I think that the design wasn't wasn't the highlight. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it, uh, usability was a little, you know, could be a little bit better, but, uh, I like the idea. And, uh, again, kind of like verify email, this one solves a real problem that we have. And I, it made me wonder what was out there already and what could be improved on. So, you know, uh, I don't think that I'd personally use this app myself, but I think that I would use one like it. Uh, and I think this could involve into, into that app. Um, Another one uh, that I thought was pretty good was Lean Cook, and uh, uh, you basically so the idea is you take some ingredients that you have in your refrigerator, you put them in, it spits out the recipes that would work. Now, this is one where I uh, I liked the idea of this app. I think a little more than the execution, um, and I think the main reason for that is that it would give you back recipes that included the ingredients you had, but also like. 10 other ingredients. And I would have really liked it if they focused on uh, returning the, the recipes that had like, uh, as few additional ingredients, uh, as possible <laughs> versus what you had on hand, or maybe, maybe only returned, uh, ones that had very common ingredients like, you know, flour and salt and sugar and, and whatnot, in addition to whatever specific, maybe less common ingredients you mentioned. So I, I went into the app with like high hopes that, that it would, it would hit that need a little bit better. I think in the end, you know, it had a really nice design. I think it, it's going after a pretty good problem. I think the idea was kind of fun. Uh, the execution was super fast uh, and nice, 
But uh, I, I think that getting the details right on the algorithm for how it took your list of ingredients and produced the list of recipes wasn't quite right. And, and, and uh, the takeaway from that for me is that uh, you have to balance sort of the speed and the fun idea and the design with the actual utility. And there's a tension, right? Because you only have 48 hours to do it. And, and they really ended up, I think, picking design and usability over the actual utility of the algorithm. For that reason, it couldn't bust into the top five or so for me. But um, but it was around around the the you know number ten to number fourteen mark, and uh, I thought did a pretty good job. Um, next one again, another one that I think solves a real. I mean, problem in air quotes here, but a real need that people have um, was mild tweets. Mild tweets, the idea is that you uh, uh, you put in either your uh, Twitter handle or a different Twitter handle, and then it, it tells you how far from certain milestones you are, like your 5,000th tweet or 20,000th tweet or where, wherever you are. Projects when you'll get there, um, and then uh, would provide some utility around around that, like giving you a notification the day before or some number of tweets before that milestone, um, uh, etc. I thought it looked really nice. I thought the idea was solid. I think that this is a thing people care about and this is a solution to caring about it. There probably are other, or other solutions to this already. I didn't take a look, but I thought that the idea was good. I, it just, the execution, it actually didn't work well enough. So, you know, again, if something doesn't really work in the way described it, I had to take, uh, you know, I had to take it off of consideration for the top five. But nonetheless, I, I still think there was a lot to like about this. I, I think um, I would go back to this app and take a look at it for ideas. And, and again, for that inspiration of, of just sort of notice what's going on around you and say, how can a technical solution solve this? I think that they really got that right. All right. So from here... The, the remainder of the apps are ones that were actually in contention, right? That, that had a, a shot at winning. Um, before I, I get into that top, uh, top eight or so, uh, let me read our final sponsor. Uh, the final sponsor is Squarespace. And you've heard us talk about Squarespace before, but there's big news. They just came out with a new version called Squarespace 7. You may have seen the ads uh, on TV. I think they're great. Uh, anyways, here's the ad uh, for the podcast. Uh, they've made everything simpler and easier to use while retaining the power and complexity of the Squarespace, uh, Squarespace platform that you already know. Squarespace 7 refines all the powerful features from Squarespace 6 into one seamless, unified experience. They've uncluttered your workspace, simplified the whole website-making process by letting you add content and customize your design all in one window. You're going to spend even less time building this site and more time doing what it is that you love. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Sean sent me. Uh, so fun that I have my own offer code to Squarespace. <laughs> I think it makes, makes doing uh, this uh, episode worth it by itself. Anyhow, there are some great new features with Squarespace 7 like cover pages. Sometimes you need to, a simple page to communicate your personal brand, promote a new product, or announce your latest album. With cover pages, you get all the power of Squarespace on a single beautiful page. They've also partnered with Getty Images to bring you uh, Getty Images integration. Get access to over 40 million professional stock photographs that ordinarily cost hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars per image, but now they're available for just $10 an image to any Squarespace customer. They've also got these new tastemaker templates. Um, they're working with cool musicians, artists, architects, chefs, etc., to develop templates that cater to each profession. They use the same designs, or you can use the same designs as the world's most influential people and then customize them so that they've got your own flair. So uh, go get started with your free trial. There's no credit card required, and you can start building your website today. When you sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use that offer code Sean sent me. That's S-E-A-N sent me. Sean sent me. You'll get 10% off and let them know that you listen to the Ruby on Rails podcast. So thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of 5x5 and the Ruby on Rails podcast. Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. All right. So I'm going to take a break now and uh, go to uh, my 
eight-year-old soccer game. And when we come back, it's going to be uh, a walk through the uh, the top uh, eight entries, and uh, I'll mention my uh, my winner. All right, I'm back from the soccer game. They <laughs> they they lost. Uh, I think eight to one. So you know, everyone can't be a winner, including my kids' soccer uh, team. So let's get back to the uh, figuring out the winner of the uh, Rails Rumble. So, uh, well, not that I get to figure out the winner of the Rails Rumble, but my uh, my pick if I was if I was doing the judging. All right, so we've gone through 160 entries. Uh, I gave some highlights from the top. Uh, or from number places number say uh, thirteen through twenty eight. Um, let's talk about some of the the, the top ten then. So I didn't actually uh, rank these uh, one through ten. I uh, there were uh, I counted seven that tied for fifth place, and I didn't try to separate one from the other. So I'll give some highlights from from those seven, and then talk about the uh, the top four. So uh, in addition to uh, Lean Cook and Mile tweets, which I thought were pretty good inside of uh, the top 12 here. Uh, I thought School Auctions was quite good. Uh, again, if, you're, um, if you'd like to follow along, go to railsrumble.com. Just search for the name of the entry that I say. So School Auctions was a pretty good idea. It was a, it was, it's a site to host a, uh, a charity auction for a school. I thought that the purpose was pretty clear. I thought that it was pretty ambitious in terms of its functionality, and it seemed to do just about everything that it said. I thought that the demo experience was quite good, um, especially when you consider the breadth of the app. I actually think that the execution on this one was was uh, excellent, kind of like Castbacker, uh, an example of a team that clearly knows how to get things done, even if the scope is relatively big. The reason that it didn't get into to my top five was, I think, lack of X Factor. I thought it was an interesting idea. I didn't think that it had... Uh, like the punch of a couple of the top ones that that tipped it over, but absolutely a solid job. I think it's the basics for an app that could be used by real people solving real problems. I thought the design was pretty good, um, not a hundred percent consistent. So I thought I thought some some parts of the design were better than others, but all in all, quite good. And uh, the team uh, did an excellent job. So uh, good job to them. Uh, the next one in my top uh, twelve is Melodica, and. The bummer on this one is I don't have a Spotify account. So the idea with Melodica is that you put in your location or it figures out your location and then creates a Spotify playlist based on bands that are going to be in your area. I think that's an outstanding idea. Maybe the most interesting to me idea of all 160 apps. The problem is I don't have a Spotify account. So uh, I, I use RDO and I, I can't see changing. Uh, so in some ways I feel like it's unfair to penalize them uh, for this, but given that everything that I do is an RDO, it was just harder to judge uh, this one given that you had to have that Spotify account. But I thought great concept, really nice design. Um, I just didn't get to use it in my workflow, so I couldn't I couldn't judge the execution that well. But, uh, but again, I think a, a real, real good... Uh, idea yeah, apparently done pretty well. The next one I, I picked, uh, I think, had a chance of getting into my top three if uh, the execution was a little tighter, and that was PacPal. So I, I've seen ideas similar to this before, and I've actually um, done some things myself um, way back in terms of tools for this. But the idea is that you're going to go on a trip, and it takes you through a questionnaire to figure out what you should pack. Again, like a number of the apps that I've talked about, the, the purpose that this app serves is super clear. And I loved the design of the homepage. I think it, it's immediately apparent what the app's about when you go to the front page. I thought the questionnaire, so it takes you through this sort of like wizard-like questionnaire of what uh, of questions related to the trip. I thought that was really well done. I thought the copywriting was good. I thought the order was good. I thought the questions were smart. Um, really solid. I thought that the punchline, so the actual uh, pack list itself, and then the email version of it, is where it didn't quite nail it for me. So if they had had more time, I think this this one may have been done by a solo dev too, but 
if the team had had a bit more time, I think they would have gotten the same polish all the way through the app, including the list that's created, you know, maybe a nice mobile view of the list. I think the email would have had a bit more punch to it. But this is an app that's a good example of a small idea with a clever uh, a sort of a clever approach to the questions, a really nice visual um, experience with a little bit more time, I think would be outstanding. But still, I really liked it. Again, this one got into my top 10. Uh, the next one is sort of like that, actually. It's called Chore Games. And Chore Games, the idea is sort of what you can imagine. You've got a family, you add kids, you add parents to the app, and then you you create chores and assign them to kids and get points and sort of gamify the idea of, of uh, chores at home. Uh, one where the, the graphics are really interesting, the um, some illustrations, uh, sort of cartoon style that I think are really nice. I think it really appealed to my kids and other, and other kids. Um, I thought the execution was was pretty good. Uh, uh, I thought that it, it's difficult if you have an app like this that's so heavily designed, right? It's got like a pretty heavy hand on the design. It's pretty difficult to get that sort of polish through the entire app if you only have a weekend. I thought they did a pretty good job. It didn't get into my top few because I, I just didn't think the gamification was quite, quite right. I thought the use of it, uh, it just didn't feel quite done to me. But uh, a pretty good idea, I think, done pretty well. I think really nice visual appeal. I think uh, the idea that a, a chore app needs to look uh, uh, a way that would appeal to kids makes sense to me, and I think my kids would like this one. So, again, a top 10 app for me. Um, uh, lots to take away in terms of cool design, like some of the other ones we've talked about, but but just didn't put it all together quite enough. Uh, okay, so now we're into the top uh, five, and or top four, I guess. So these, I think, are all great jobs. So the first one is Office Ladder. Um, the idea is that you have a, a ping pong table at your office, and then you have a... Um, sort of a scoreboard and way to track who's who's on top and you know what the games were and what the outcomes were etc i thought the design of so so the purpose of the app was good you know i i didn't think it was quite as clever as a few of the ones that we're going to talk about next but i still think it was very specific i think for uh, an office that has a ping pong table or a, a frat house or whatever this would be really nice the design was excellent so i think it really captured the spirit of the app well um, every inch of the thing was designed as far as I could see. I thought that the execution of the entire app was quite well done. For a weekend, I think it was really outstanding. I, I sort of wish there was a demo walkthrough. Um, uh, and, and there was to some degree, but I, I felt like the demo experience felt a little bit cluttered up by other people's data. But still, Office Ladder, I think, really good job of Combining a clear purpose with nice design, with solid execution, everything seemed to work nicely. Uh, I can imagine a, uh, an office that had a uh, ping pong table using this. I think it could be expanded into other sports quite easily. I think the team did a great job. This was my number four pick. I had two apps now tie for second in my uh, in my ladder. Uh, uh, and so in, I guess the first one is is called High Guys. Um, and Hi Guys is a is a really uh, simple idea. I've seen the idea in other forms, other places, but basically it's that you have an app that runs on your machine and periodically, I think it's every, I don't know, however long, every 15 minutes or so, takes a picture of you working. And if you want to customize it, you can, or it can run in the background and just snap a picture of you. And then there's a board, like a wall, I think they call it, where you can see other people's like little... Um, selfies taken by their webcam uh, that, that can be annotated with a title. So you can kind of get a feel for what everyone's sort of feel is right now, even on remote teams. Uh, again, I think I've seen the idea before, but I think that this was a very interesting execution of it. I thought the design was really fun. I, I liked it a lot. It felt fresh to me. I, the, uh, the functionality seemed pretty well done. It didn't work in Safari. I think if it had worked in Safari and maybe had a bit more of a demo experience that was tailored. I may have picked this one as number one, but uh, it only worked in Chrome. I don't usually use Chrome, so I had to switch over to that. I think that may be enough maybe to to have... Uh, again, I think that was enough to knock it off of the number one spot. But again, uh, solid execution. I uh, love the name. 
I, I thought the, the design was really good. I thought that the purpose was really good. Um, uh, really nice. It kind of had that X factor to me that it, the, the whole was greater than the sum of the parts. And I think, you know, I really am starting to focus on why that is like, why does an entry like this punch bigger than maybe the concept did in the first place? So really good job. Um, that's my number three. Number two was refactor cop refactor cop. The idea is pretty straightforward. It's, uh, it uses, uh, Rubocop. I guess that's the name. How you say it? Rubocop to scan popular open source projects for opportunities to, uh, create patches that'll improve the quality of the code. I love how clear that purpose is. Like I got it right away. You know, I thought that the refactor cop, Robocop, Rubocop, um, visual pun, uh, you know, uh, name pun it worked actually for this project. Um, I liked that they were building on the Rubocop, uh, name. I thought that that was nice. I thought it, it, it sort of paid homage to the core engine that was driving everything. I really liked that the recommendations came off of popular open source projects. I thought that that, um, they thought about the use quite a bit and how, uh, uh, people probably at least out of the gate would like to see the opportunities inside of projects that they know in some sort of way. I thought the design was really nice, even beyond the initial screen. Like the home screen looks pretty good. I'm not sure I love the t typography entirely, but I liked everything else. I loved the the screen beyond that where you go in and actually see what the opportunities are. Um, so again, great design, really nice, uh, solid execution, clear feature. I liked it a whole lot. Uh, I, I thought that it, it, it just as easily could have won for me. Uh, excellent job by the team that made Refactor Cup. Uh, my winner is uh, coffee, a Q-O-F-F-E-E. -E. So if I was picking, I would pick coffee. Uh, the idea for coffee is uh, in some ways sort of right down the middle. And I'm surprised that I picked a right down the middle idea to win, but we'll talk about why. The idea is that meetings are are boring and ineffective. And one way we could make them more effective is by... Um, involving the entire team on, on the creation of the, the items that we could talk about, the um, sort of clarification of what those items are and the process of deciding what to talk about next and time boxing everything. Um, that, that's a problem that everyone has. I thought that the purpose was pretty clear. And even though on the surface it sounded like something I uh, have heard before, I thought the execution was just outstanding. The design was great. It looked uh, familiar in some ways, but fresh in others. Every inch of the thing was designed well. Um, I really appreciated the the care that they took on on every little detail. Uh, I thought the copywriting was good. I thought their pitch video was good. I really liked their demo account. You could get a feel for what a real meeting would feel like with coffee. And you know what? Hey, I've been to a million meetings before and the meetings would have been made better with coffee. If we'd use this app, our meetings would be better. Um, aside from, aside from the, it being a somewhat down the middle concept, which is make a company's meetings better. I think that this app was as good as I could imagine a team doing in a weekend. So, you know, in summary, uh, I, I gave it an eight in concept, maybe a seven or eight in, in hindsight, uh, eight in challenge, uh, the, you know, the degree of difficulty, mostly because of the breadth. I mean, they really decided they would do this whole app and make every little detail as good as every other little detail. And that's hard to do. Uh, for that reason, I gave the execution a nine. I think they did an outstanding job. Um, so my, my winner, if I was picking for the uh, Rails Rumble 2014, would be coffee. Excellent job. Uh, a couple takeaways as sort of I wrap this up. One, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed the whole process. I uh, I'm going to interview both the winner of the um, the overall competition as well as the winner of the individual competition. It'll be super interesting to me to see if those winners. Uh, were with the winners on my list. And, and that'll, that'll be, that'll be quite interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. I, I feel like the combination of talking to past winners and participants from previous years, uh, participating myself in the, uh, Salesforce hackathon last week, going through the judging process, uh, uh, 
for myself, again, I wasn't, I'm not actually a judge, but going through and really thinking about how I felt about these entries and then talking about it has, has really, I've gotten a ton out of this experience. I feel like I've got a good understanding of what hackathons are good for, uh, how to uh, do well at them and, uh, picked up tons of ideas from other entries. So to everyone that competed, uh, thanks. Uh, I enjoyed looking at your work. I'm impressed by what the community did and I look forward to, uh, to maybe participating again next year. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the, uh, the podcast. If you'd like to connect with me on Twitter, and in this case, there's a lot, I, I could imagine a lot of reasons why people would want to connect with me. So, uh, absolutely do so. I'd love to, to chat with people more about, uh, the rails rumble. Uh, you can connect with me. I'm barely known on Twitter. Thanks. <laughs>